If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long. And I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here, and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. What is reinvention? I think we tend to look at reinvention as some big life-shaking change, and sometimes it is, right? A new career or a move across the country or some big physical change, maybe. But that's not always what reinvention looks like. In fact, I'd argue that it's usually not what reinvention looks like. Often tiny shifts in our surroundings or our routines can have huge ripple effects on our health or happiness or just give us new perspective. Let's just dip a pinky toe in the waters of thinking about it today so that when you're ready to really dive into that new year energy, you'll have some ideas ready and waiting to tap into. We'll also be talking about what I call the three C's when it comes to making any big life change, conviction, confidence, and consistency, and how to tap into all three, especially the C that's hardest for you personally. For me, it's definitely consistency. Okay, get out your favorite pen and turn to a fresh page in your journal. Today, we're talking all about how to tap into some of that reinvention energy of the new year while also honoring where you are right now. It's all in this episode of The Tease Made. Hi, friends. You're listening to The Tease Made, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm Megan Francis, a writer, mom of five, and a lover of books, walks in the forest, cozy blankets, and of course, steaming cups of tea. This podcast is your chance to step out of the busyness of everyday life and find some calm and connection with cozy conversations about everything from natural wellness and self-care to creating comforting rituals and routines in your home and family life. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about beverages as well, including my very favorite beverage, tea. So take a moment to pour a cup of your favorite drink and pull up a chair. The tea's made, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Hi, friends, and Happy New Year. As you're listening to this episode, I am off enjoying time with family in Northern Michigan. So this episode is coming out of the archives from the podcast formerly known as Mother of Reinvention. This was originally published in late 2022 as three mini bonus episodes. And today you're going to hear a cleaned up and compiled version of those three episodes. I love that these conversations are getting another chance at the spotlight because I still think they're so valid and relevant. And I know at this time of year, many of us are thinking about the shifts we might want to make in our lives, even small ones. So don't think of this episode as any kind of pressure to overhaul everything, but more as gentle encouragement to look holistically at the big picture when you're trying to implement new habits or routines. I'm going to skip a tea recommendation today and instead point you to my Substack, where I have published a list of my favorite teas and some I think you should try in 2024. That's at meganfrancis.substack.com. Go check it out. And remember, that's Megan with two A's. Okay, now on to this episode from the archives. 
so I want to explore the different ways we reinvent ourselves and how we can think differently about our own reinvention stories. And let's start by considering this question. How do we feel about change? I'll tell you that for me, it really depends on what the change is. I tend to embrace new situations, but I can also resist change, especially when that change centers around the people in my life. I remember so clearly feeling really torn as a high school senior about the idea that I was going to graduate and go to college. And it seemed like most of the kids in my tiny high school couldn't wait to get away. I was excited for new opportunities and experiences and places, but I also knew that it would never be the same again with my tight-knit little group of friends. And I was even acutely aware that my relationship with my parents would change, and that was really hard. And what I've come to realize about myself in the several decades that have passed since then is that I love adding new things to my life, but I often struggle with letting things go. And what that can mean is that I sometimes try to hang on to everything I already have while also adding everything new I want to try. At some point, there's just no room for more things or sometimes for more people. I've had to learn how to change my relationships with some people and groups in order to make room for new things to enter. And that doesn't have to mean shutting the door on old friendships, I don't think. It just means that sometimes there's a season for a relationship to look a certain way And then it starts to look another way. And that's okay. It's necessary, in fact, even though sometimes those relationships are with really important people like your parents or friends you've known for decades or your siblings or even your kids. I know that right now I'm in sort of a tender place with my older three where I still want us to be close and I still want to be a mentor, but I don't want to be in that same caretaking role I've been in for so long, even though I sometimes default to it. And I just know it's not really good for any of us for me to stay in that role with them. So I'm working to find that middle ground between completely stepping away from my role as mom and then the other side, which is like mothering my kids the way I would have done when they were still children. It's not always easy. It got me thinking about the difference between the kind of reinvention that's reactive and the kind that's more proactive. So I will share that I had kind of a chaotic upbringing, and I think that one of my superpowers that probably came out of that has always been that I'm just extremely adaptable. So I can adjust to almost any change in circumstances. I can shift gears extremely quickly when I have to, emotionally, mentally, and otherwise. And that has come in handy a lot over the past two and a half decades, because as a mom, so many of the changes that happen just aren't really in my control. But that means that even the kinds of changes I've embraced as my kids have gotten older have narrowed. So when they were all really little, I might take a dramatic risk on a new career or move to a new city. That all felt really doable. But as they got older, I found myself gravitating toward choices that would stabilize their lives more and more. And then I kind of reinvented my life on a much smaller scale inside that stable base. That happened even after my divorce, by the way, where I made a lot of choices that kept us within a stone's throw of the house we were living in at the time in the same school district and basically just didn't uproot our lives any more than we had to. And I think this tendency is just a really normal place for moms to find ourselves. The majority of the changes we make when our kids are young are really to accommodate their needs. And we get in the habit of reacting and adjusting to those needs and sometimes forgetting our own deep down desires along the way or forgetting that we're even allowed to have them. So here I am with three of my kids now legitimate adults and the other two getting really close. 
and himself's more proactive reinventions are not just possible for me, but in a way necessary. Because otherwise, I think I could easily wind up looking back later and realizing I never really took the needed risks to make my life my own after my kids all move on to their adult lives. Along those lines, I've been making some plans that five years ago or even two years ago would have seemed impossible or at least inadvisable. I'm not going to lie, getting divorced right before turning 40 really put a damper on my mojo for a while. I went into survival mode in my life and maintenance mode with my career until I had some time to heal and also to line up my life in a way that made sense again. I just couldn't see very far down the road. But over the years, things have slowly shifted and clicked into place. And now I can actually see that big vision starting to emerge again. I told Eric recently that it feels like all the pieces are finally on the chessboard and now I can start moving them around. And that feels like a really good place to be. For a long time, it was like the entire board had been flipped and the pieces just flew everywhere. And I spent a few years crawling around on my hands and knees trying to find them under the sofa and in the cracks of the floor. And the thing is, I lost a few pieces forever. Like maybe they went down the heat vent or the dog chewed them up. I don't know. But while I was doing all that crawling around, I found new pieces to replace the missing ones. And for the first time in a long time, the board's set up and I'm ready to play. I know that taking a big risk like buying property in a new town seven hours away and starting a brand new business may seem like a huge and abrupt and rather extreme change. But the fact is that it was really a series of tiny steps that led to that one big leap. Nothing huge actually happens overnight, even though we can't always see all the small steps that lead other people to their reinvention stories. So maybe you're still thick in the reactive stage of motherhood, where most of your decisions are still being made to accommodate other people. Or maybe you're where I was a few years ago and something has happened to completely flip your board over and now you're down on your knees picking up the pieces. Reinvention isn't necessarily something you're choosing right now. It's just something you have to do to keep your family going or just to get through the day. Or maybe things have been relatively peaceful and good for a while and part of you is resisting shaking things up because why fix what isn't broken? But there's this little nagging feeling in the back of your mind wondering how long it's been since you put your own dreams and desires front and center. Maybe it's been so long you aren't even sure you know what they are. So I've been in each of those scenarios at some point in my life. And what I'm realizing now is that no matter what, the reinvention is still happening on some level, even when we aren't aware of it. We're all adjusting to our surroundings and changing constantly. And I think what midlife means for me is that I increasingly want to be proactive about the direction I want reinvention to take me in. Okay, friends, you have already heard me talk about my new Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic. I love these versatile, classic, and comfy slip-on shoes, and the Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which is what I want to tell you about today. Vionic Vitals contains some of Vionic's most versatile daily styles. So if you've been curious about Vionic but are overwhelmed by all the choices, start with the Vitals collection first. The Willow Flat was my very first Vionic style, and I have been in love with it for years. I'm also eyeballing the Chardonnay Heeled Sandal for summer date nights. 
Like all of Vionic's footwear, the shoes in the Vionic Vitals line are super comfortable, stable, and supportive with Vionic's exclusive Viomotion technology. Go to vionicshoes.com slash vitals to find the Vitals collection and use the code TEASMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order, plus free shipping when you log into your account. That code is good for a one-time use only, so be sure to make the most of it. That's TEASMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com. I have some ideas to share today, and some may resonate with you more than others. That's okay. Like I said, most of us are stronger either in the details or the big picture, so the things that help us are going to be different too. But I think there's a lot we can do to help us work with our weaker points and create actionable plans to move forward so we don't get lost either in the dreaming or in the details. Every one of the dreams I've moved forward on in my life has embodied some combination of the following qualities. I'm referring to them as the three C's, conviction, confidence, and consistency. And I'm going to break them down for you. First, there's conviction, or I think of that as I must. It stems from or can sometimes lead to a deep down belief that the world needs what we have to offer. It got me thinking about what a positive impact it would make on the world if we all followed our innermost dreams. I mean, imagine a world riddled with independent bookstores or bakeries or bike shops. Imagine a world filled with people doing the things they feel most called to do and then sharing those things with each other. There are all kinds of reasons that we either don't allow ourselves to recognize conviction when it happens to us, or we get so overwhelmed by our convictions that we never take meaningful action on them. I'll get more into that later, and I'll have some tactical ideas we can use to really tap into this part of our intuition. But let's move on now to confidence, or I can. I know confidence can be really hard to muster at times. So I think it's important to note that the I can I'm talking about here and the kind I think is so essential to creating and living out a vision does not mean I can do it perfectly or even I can know exactly how things will turn out. It's more about believing that you have something to offer and that we can all take the necessary steps to do the thing that's in front of us, even though we know failure is a part of life and it's a possibility no matter what we're trying to do. I believe we can still tap into confidence if we keep returning to this idea, I can. And there is an element of faking it until you make it. Pushing through insecurity to action and then repeating it over and over until we see a result, it's like flexing a muscle and the stronger it grows, the more confident we feel. We're going to talk more about confidence later, but for now, let's move on to the last C and that's consistency or I do. And this can be the hardest one for those visionaries among us who have ideas for weeks, but then we get lost in those dreams. So we wind up spinning our wheels because we're so overwhelmed by the possibilities. I am definitely in that camp. And then on the other end of the spectrum, for those detail-oriented among us, doing by showing up, taking the action, and following through may just be the way you're wired, and that is so great. But there can be a downside to being that reliable and consistent too. I have friends who are amazingly conscientious. They can be counted on to follow through. And it's a wonderful trait that I envy in them as a dreamer who can sometimes get a little stuck in the vision, right? But what I've also seen in those detail-oriented doers is that sometimes they can almost passionately adhere to a to-do list when they aren't even sure why they're doing the things on it. 
I even know and love people who will create more work for themselves so that they can be more busy and more productive, but they haven't always taken the step of asking themselves what larger purpose they're aiming for, and that can lead to burnout. So on the one end of the spectrum, you've got people who maybe have a hard time following through, and then on the other, you have people who follow through almost too well, and both of those approaches can get us really stuck. Okay, so we've covered three elements that I consider to be essential in bringing dreams to life. Again, they're conviction, I must, confidence, I can, and consistency, I do. And like I said, we all have some of those to varying degrees and sometimes can even have too much of one or the other. So the real key is in harnessing the power of those three essentials. And I have learned that consistency, just showing up and doing the thing over and over is what people like us need to learn how to harness. And then confidence is like the grease that smooths the way between consistency and conviction. But the trick is to start with the area you aren't as strong in so that the confidence grows in the right direction. It's actually really easy to fall in the trap of being so confident in our convictions that we forget to actually do anything to move forward toward that conviction or to be so confident in our productivity, i.e. consistency, that we completely lose sight of the fact that a vision would help us use that consistency. In other words, it's easy to be confident in the thing we already do naturally. And sometimes if we become too confident in it, it's even more likely we'll just keep doing that thing. So what if we practice the thing we aren't as good at so that we built the muscle memory around that and developed confidence going in the other direction? So let's start with conviction, because every vision really starts with the idea that there is something out there that I must do. Let's pretend that the reinvention you're trying to create this year centers around creating a calm morning routine. So if this was something you feel convicted to do, which is another way of saying this is something you feel you must do, there are probably some good reasons for that. And part of honing in on that conviction may start with focusing on those reasons. So maybe you're grumpy with your kids all morning long, or you find yourself constantly irritated at your first morning meeting at work, even though nothing's even happened. Or maybe you can't ever seem to get your kids to school on time, or maybe every Sunday night you develop a pit in your stomach and start feeling anxious. This is similar to the exercises that ask you to name your why. These whys are what create the conviction that acts as the impetus for the change you're trying to make. I think often those smaller changes are a little easier for us to tap into those reasons around. And note this can become much more tricky if the thing you feel convicted to do is too far outside the box, or maybe even seems a little self-serving. We have become so conditioned to seeing the work we do inside our homes or outside of our homes as based on someone else's agenda, right? So we work in the home to serve our families. We work outside the home to serve our bosses or our companies. And in many ways, that's very valid. But I would argue that if you keep returning to a conviction again and again, it's your inner voice's way of telling you, you must, even if that thing means taking a big step away from the path some system has kindly laid out in front of you, or even if that thing feels a little selfish. Like I said in the last episode, doing something that moves us is almost never as selfish as it may seem, because I truly believe that when we bring our gifts and passions out into the world, we're making it a better place. So if the reinvention story you're writing feels a little overly audacious, you may want to sit with your conviction a bit longer 
and figure out what positive impact this reinvention will have on your household, your family, and the world. And by the way, it's also 100% okay to do something just because you want to do it. But sometimes I think there's a bigger possible impact that can help us really get behind our own convictions. Okay, friends, I got my pair of Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic, and I just had to tell you about them. They're cute and classic and really lightweight, and they do actually pack flat. I am definitely going to be taking these on all my spring travels, and I can see myself wearing them with everything from jeans and trousers to dresses and maybe a little later on shorts. I got them in camel leather, but they come in 12 different colors. The Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which features some of their most versatile daily styles. And of course, you know you can count on your Vionics to be super comfortable, stable, and supportive. Use code TEASEMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That code's good for a one-time use only at vionicshoes.com, and again, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. I'll also have a link to that offer on my shop page, and you can find that in the show notes. Again, the code is TEASEMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, at vionicshoes.com. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Now let's talk about consistency, or the I do. This is definitely the area I grapple with the most, but I've gotten so much better at it over the years. So if you also have a hard time staying consistent with your actions, I'm going to offer a few ideas that have helped me. So first, and this is pretty huge, I think it's important to recognize that if you're like me and you gravitate toward big ideas and dramatic projects, rather than those day-to-day details, that is not a character flaw. For years, I struggled with this idea that I just lacked discipline or wasn't organized or dedicated enough to be successful, only to then see how I could turn on my focus and energy when a project felt exciting, crucial, or urgent. So I've come to see this as just the way my brain works, and I try to work with and honor those natural patterns rather than working against them or trying to wish them away. Setting up my environment and routines for success has been really helpful too. Deadlines are critical, and that can be tricky when you're only doing things for yourself, right? Like at the beginning of a project. So I will often manufacture a deadline by announcing that I'm going to do something by a certain date, or sometimes paying for a group or service or workshop or membership that keeps me accountable. And this can happen on social media. You can take a course. You can sign up for someone's online community. There's lots of ways to do that, but I do think sometimes having that external accountability is really helpful. I've also found that small ways of adding accountability through gamifying can be surprisingly effective. So for example, I've been learning Finnish on the language learning app Duolingo since last summer. And at first I got really into the points and trying to advance levels and stuff like that. But over time, those things kind of fell away. And what was left was just the habit of showing up before midnight every day so I can make sure to maintain my streak. And while I'm not always in the mood to practice Finnish every single day, the combination of the external motivator and the habit I've built plus the deadline has really helped me stick with it. It makes me think, okay, what else could I do in five to 10 minutes a day that would make a big impact on my life? And then how do I sort of trick my brain into seeing that thing as a game, one with a deadline? And in the beginning, which is the hardest part, how do I make sure to show up for that thing over and over until the habit is formed? 
There are entire books written about the science of habit formation and how our brains wire those pathways. And I'm trying to keep this episode short, so I'm not going to get too far into the weeds today. But what I will say is that I think it's really important that we talk to ourselves and about ourselves in ways that build us up and make room for improvement rather than limit us. If we're always saying, I'm just not that organized or I don't have enough discipline for that, it's hard to believe any other reality. So I always try to spin that self-talk toward the positive yet realistic, while also identifying specific areas where outside help would keep me on track. So for example, at the beginning of a website project, I might say something like, I wanna be able to focus on creating the content for this new website since writing is a strength of mine. I could use support in making sure the social posts get scheduled and published. By just admitting that I could use support in one area but not criticizing myself for it, I'm setting myself up for success. Okay, so confidence. I think of it as the lubricant that greases the wheels between idea and execution, or maybe the fuel that links conviction with consistency. And we all feel insecure or less than confident at times, but I think it's really helpful to be specific when you think about where you tend to feel insecure or have a crisis of confidence, because it often reveals what we perceive as our own limitations. So where's your perception of limitation? Maybe you're afraid your ideas just aren't that good. Or maybe you worry that you don't have what it takes to pull off a really good idea. In the last episode, I shared that I tend to be stronger on the conviction side than the consistency side. And what I mean by that is I'm pretty confident that most of my ideas are at least worth exploring, but I tend to feel a lot less confident about which actions will get me where I'm trying to go. And after years of exploring this and half a dozen or so great ideas that went nowhere, I realized that one of my hangups is this idea that somewhere out there, there's knowledge I don't have, and I have to get that knowledge before I can take action. So I finally got in the habit of saying to myself, well, people dumber than me do this all the time. Now, I don't think people are dumb. And so I'm saying this a little tongue in cheek. It just means that I don't actually have to know everything I'll ever need to know to move forward. Learning is taking action. It's actually often the important first step in bringing a dream to life because nobody knows everything. You could easily do the same trick, swapping in whatever quality you feel like you need more of to succeed. So maybe your perceived limitation is that people are more connected than you or people are more organized than you. You could just say to yourself, people less connected than me do this all the time or people less organized than me do this all the time or people older than me or less talented than me or less outgoing than me. You get the picture. I promise you there are people out there, plenty of them who have less than you do and have still succeeded. Whether you're trying to tap into conviction, cultivate confidence or develop more consistency, practice is the one thing that always works in some way. Just keep showing up for yourself and work on the parts that are hard and don't seem to come naturally because practicing is often the way they start to feel more natural. That's it for this episode from the archives. I would love to hear from you. Are you trying to make any changes in 2024? Hit me up on Instagram at Megan Francis or email me at Megan Francis. That's M-E-A-G-A-N Francis at gmail.com. Happy New Year and I'll talk to you soon. That's all for this episode of The Tea's Made. You can find links to the products and other things we talked about today in the show notes for this episode. You can find that by scrolling down below the episode in your podcast app, or you can go to theteasmade.com and find all the episodes plus resources, links to my favorite teas and books and other products, a link to my private community for women, and so much more. 
I share new episodes every Thursday, so please follow or subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And while you're in your podcast app, I would love if you'd leave a rating or review. It really helps me out so much. Okay, friends, that's all for now. I will talk to you again very soon. If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long, and I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com.